0: Hey, it's inspiration for you.
1: Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'm here with Mickey north Rizza at Valbella at the Park for an Inspiration for You podcast, where we're going to be talking about business resilience and the true cost of doing nothing. So Mickey joins us from IDC, and I'll let her give a little bit of a background about herself, and then we'll jump into business resilience.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it. So hi, everybody. Uh, Mickey north Rizza. I cover enterprise software and CX, so everything from HCM to ERP to procurement to finance to all the CX aspects of it. Um, I've been there about seven years. Uh, Prior to that, I spent some time at AMR Research and Gartner. And prior to that, I was a practitioner in sourcing procurement and supply chain management. So I've been able to look at the entire side of the equation from the practitioner side and IT and sourcing selection in the technology side, to being on the other side to say, what do you guys really need? What do you want? and where are you trying to go. So really appreciate the time today. Thanks
1: Bryce. Awesome. Thanks Mickey. So with that with that background with everything that you've done, everything that you've seen, I think it lends itself really well to the the topic at hand today, which is business resilience mm-hmm. and that cost of doing nothing. So we're in a recession, we're not in a recession, we're heading towards a recession. There's so much uncertainty around that. So when when you see these uncertain economic times, what is it that you've seen an organization do in the past? What is it that they should be doing? Any trends that you've seen in this type of environment?
0: So we do a lot of research and a lot of studies, and we have a monthly, what we call a Future Enterprise Resiliency and Spending Survey. And our data from the December timeframe for 2023, I have more recent data, but I think this is really important, is the fact that. 76% of organizations said they're re-looking at their spending right now. And when we dug into that to understand what it was, it's all around, what products do I need to buy? So as we dug into it, what we found is the back office section, ERP, PSA, HCM, procurement, some of those areas are the areas that companies have not put their money and investment in. Why? Because we're coming out of COVID and everybody spent their money on the digital commerce side and trying to get into the digital world and get the revenue side and get that done. So we've got all this technical debt on the backside, and they're saying we need to look at that at this point in time. The problem is money, (laughs) right? And so as we go into this, we think recessionary time frame, or at least the economic turbulence that we're seeing from the war in Ukraine and shortages and supply chain and employee issues and everything else, what we're starting to see is these organizations saying, I still need to spend the money. When we recently looked at it, what we found is at least 60% of the organizations say, I'm still spending I'm going to go forward, I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy the right things. But they're also saying, I want cloud, I need cloud, I need real-time data, I need 24 by 7 access, I have to have the right security, the right systems, and they want to get it done within a 12-month time frame, a 12-month ROI aspect because they don't want to let anything linger. And those that are not willing to make those investments right now, They're adding a lot of costs because they're deciding to do some low-code, no-code. They're keeping on-premises. They're dealing with stagnant data. And the costs keep going up. And as they start to bring the employee base down, the costs are still going to go up because it's (laughs) going to take longer to get something done.
1: Right. So then if we we look at it, no matter what, an organization is going to have to invest, Mm -hmm. whether they do it now, whether they do it later, if they do little short term stopgap solutions, no matter what, they're going to have to invest in their IT setup. So it makes sense to do it once, do it right. Is that, is that something that you've seen organizations really start to buy into, or is it still more of the, let's go with the low-cost thing, we can deal with that later on? What's, what's something that we've seen there?
0: It's a little bit of
1: both. Okay.
0: Um, we're seeing more and more companies tip to the cloud faster because okay. they see the possibilities there, but it also comes back to how much money do they have to invest, right? If I don't have the amount of money I need to invest, I've got to make other decisions. So if you really look at it, it's about people process, technology to get to the performance you need. And for once, we're starting to see the innovation around technology of the cloud, AI, machine learning, IoT, a whole sort of innovation aspects. I can go on and on on the list, starting to come to the table and tip the scales. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to see organizations say, gee, if we're behind, we've got to get caught up quick. And even if we're not, we've got to start making decisions. Of what does this mean about the people we have in the organization? Where do they need to be reskilled? and with the changing demographics of an an older population starting to retire and knowledge workers and whatnot starting to leave the workforce in a younger generation, we need to get to that next level, right? So you're starting to see trade-off decisions be made. Do I need the people? Do I need the technology? Well, it's a digital world. And in the digital world, you've got to have technology because you can retrain the people.
1: Yeah. And it's tough to get that balance right, too, between the people, the process, the technology. It's certainly all three. And I think the order there is correct, too. Right. You really have to think about the people first, design the process and then have the technology to support that. So for for that, when we talk about the changes that we're seeing in the workforce, what is it that an organization looks to from an investment perspective for that technology? Is it something that they want it to be really easy to use from a user experience side of things? Are they more concerned about depth of features to be able to handle every single use case? What's the, the technological side of things as they look at that?
0: Depends on where they're at. So we have these maturity levels, right? So you see these organizations that have really done nothing. And it's like, okay, we need to invest in technology. Let's make these processes a little better. So they might add an app to add the extension of a process and say, okay, Mr. Employee, now you need Mrs. Mrs. Employee. You need to learn these new steps. We need to augment this. Oh by the way, you can snap this on and do this and do that. But that only gets you so far. Mm -hmm. You still have data issues, right? You've got siloed functions. You've got to pull the data together. It's stagnant. It's not being pulled together in the right way. So an organization has to step back and rethink about that, right? So that's one area. Then we have this other group that says, we're gonna do it ourselves. We're just going to go out, and we're not only going to use low-code, no-code. We're going to go buy these best-of-breeds. We're going to pop them together. Well, they don't pop together, okay? (laughs) API integration just doesn't work. Integration nightmares. No, CIOs tell me that all the time. It's like, if if I had a dime for every person who told me this, we'd be a really wealthy company, right? So they're just not to the level they need to be. So so that's an issue. And then we have another group that's going after working with a partner, right? Somebody like yourself that says, look. Um, we've got the technology, we can help you there, we can take you in little steps, big steps, we can do a big bang approach, we can do whatever you need to do, right? So it really depends on how they're viewing it. But I think the important part for every organization right now to think about is, it's all about change. The digital world requires you to use technology completely different. How many of you have an iPhone or an iPad, right? Or you click on, click off, click on, click off. Everything's on demand well if your system's in front of you and it's telling you gee you've got a revenue issue here or oh my gosh you know you weren't able to get these these items that you needed or you couldn't get the right skill set in here so therefore that's going to impact the project that you need and where you're working to go forward guess what if it's sitting in front of you you can see that information you can do something in real time that future-proofs your business you can stop and say let's get a different skill set in here now instead of after the fact waiting on somebody to say, oh my gosh, we can't finish this project on time, and oh my gosh, we're impacting the customer. It just starts to snowball. So you go to your point, what's important, is it features, is it functions, is it the employees? It's everything, right? One of the st- stats we have is we're finding that organizations who focus in on the employer usability of the system, right? The experience of it, how quickly they can use it, having the right features and function and the right processes, translates immediately into a better customer experience. Sorry, I don't have the stat on me, but it's something around 80%. It's huge, all right? That's a back office, right? Yeah. And that's an employee, and it impacts the customer. So it's silly not to have the right technology,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And something that kind of at the first part of your answer there, you talked about stagnant data. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, if you had to pick everybody's favorite tool. So one of the most highly adopted stagnant data tools. Uh, What would you say that is? And is there a rough number for the number of people that are using that stagnant data tool? So I would say it's Microsoft Excel. Congratulations, (laughs) Microsoft, on that Excel product. I can tell you I use it too,
0: right? Um, Stagnant data wise, depending on the processes, it can go anywhere from 43% to 80%. All right, now think about that. Every day we use it. I'm sure everybody in this room uses it. Okay you use the data, you pull it together, and then within a few days you add more data to it and then somebody else is using it at the same time. So real time means you might be able to share it on a Teams environment or something or SharePoint, but that doesn't mean the data is still real, right? And then you can't use it to predict where you're gonna go in the future because the future left four or five days ago when you pulled the data the first time. (laughs) So you get to a point where it's not real time, it's not real information, it's not allowing you to predict and step back
1: and change and go forward. So not the most resilient application. Not, the, not an application that you would use if oh, you're... Oh, it's resilient. Not for your business. <laughs> if you're looking to set up your business for organizational resilience that would not necessarily be a tool that you would want to use. No, because
0: you can't make a real-time decision. You're not agile and flexible enough to do what you need to do to look at the data behind the data, uh, look at the processes that support it, look at the risk factors that come forward when you try to make that decision. No, because it's just a stagnant piece of information. And let
1: alone do any forecasting.
0: Oh, that's what I mean. You can't do anything.
1: So because as we sit right now in this uncertain recessionary time, it too shall pass. Mm -hmm. So when it does... Organizations that have invested in the technology, they take this time right now to make that investment, to set themselves up for success. What have, you, what have you seen with things like this that have happened in the past? How have you seen those organizations that make that investment, how have you seen them take off? And what are some pitfalls that they might have if they don't?
0: Well, I, I think it comes down to this. If you don't make the right investments now, you may not be here. It comes down to how long is your business going to be around? If you're still using on-premises solutions and you have to keep adding to it and you have to put all these data sets together and then you've got to figure out batch processes versus real-time processes, and and then if you've got a process that's 15 or 20 steps long instead of parallel processes and parallel data coming together to make a better prediction and make a better decision, your employees can make a better decision, if you don't have that, you're not going to be here at some point. We are in a digital world. Everything's flipped, right? It's not the old world we used to know. All right, and and the new employees will tell you that right now, the younger generation, it's like, hey, guys, you know, we don't need all this. We want to be out here, and we can't do it because we've got all these old tools. But businesses are slow to change. And it comes down to asset utilization, right, and having our own control and data centers and trying to flip that up and say it's okay to go to the cloud. And I know the next question, if you can ask it right now, would be around, well, what about security, right? It's there. Is it bulletproof? Is anything in life bulletproof? No. But the the companies are getting better and better and better, right? Until the next, hate to say it, the next disease like a COVID comes along and stresses it. And then you have to restart, re-engineer and get to that next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So then uh, as they look at investment, what are some things that an organization needs to look at as they prioritize that investment? So if we're looking at digital transformation and the investment that's required, so you have the people, you have the process, you've taken stock in those, and now you're looking at your technology. How do organizations go through that decision-making process to figure out which area they should focus on? Should they look at everything? If we look at ERP, right, ERP is such a broad application. There's the financials, there's projects, there's the HCM side of things. Does an organization look at doing something like that, or do they go for more of the, the point solutions that you were talking about, but what are some, some factors that go into making that investment decision?
0: So it really comes down to how much is it gonna cost? Where are breakpoints going on? Traditionally, what we find is finance leads the investment strategy, and so you typically go after the finance piece, and then as you go after that finance piece, what you find along that avenue is, look, I've gotta get the project accounting, I've gotta make sure I've got the right account codes, I can't make sure that I'm following my payments from paying a supplier or an employee, or uh, an additional resource that you have on board to getting the revenue and following the money through. So it's follow the money first, right? And then it's about what are my employees gonna do outside of the finance or the finance touch points, right? Right. So what about the human factor? What about employees and their skill sets and looking at payroll and how does that tie in with those employees, right? So that's sort of the, the trend we've been seeing, but I wanna caution that too, because I've also seen companies say, look, we've got the front office done, now we're starting on the back office, but we've got manual and broken systems over here. Maybe that's in procurement. So we're gonna go do that first, all right? And since we're sitting in a time frame where spend and expenses are really important, that itself leads back into ERP of following that money trail, right? Okay. So it's really about the economic indicators making companies rethink that internal strategy right now. How are they gonna run their operations? How are they gonna make the right decisions to impact the customer in
1: the end. So if you if you were advising a company to, to look at their investment strategy for their technology, would you say that this is the time to do it and that everything that you can pull together to be able to increase your investment and do as much as you can right now, would you say that's the way that most organizations should go, varying, of course, based on a number of independent factors as opposed to doing it piecemeal. So if you have the if you have the ability to pull all of the money together to be able to really invest and go after it, is that the best strategy right now while things are in the uncertain times to be able to set yourself up for success in the future?
0: I don't think it's that cut and dry. okay And the reason I don't is every business is at a different inflection point right now. If you're trying to get into new markets and you've got the software and the product to help you get there, you're fine with it if you can keep that on-premises for a while. If you're putting in a, a new system somewhere else and you've got to focus on that, that's okay. A big bang approach is fine, but if you do too much of a big bang approach and there's too many news, you end up hurting the organization. Right. So I'm not saying it has to be step-by-step, step, but I think you have to have a well-thought-out strategy as you go down that viewpoint. You can't just... All of a sudden, say, "Hey, you know, we got to get to technology. Yeah, it's the digital world, but you've got to have the right setup to get there, the right mindset, and it's all about change, right? Everything is change management. Now we all know none of us, none of us accept change well. All right, I don't care what it is, could be the <laughs> smallest thing to the largest thing. None of us like change, right? So think about your employees. You've got to train them, right? You've got to you, you bring somebody in to help you understand what your workflows are, and when you go into a cloud system and a, these newer feature functionality innovative systems like what you guys have the steps are shorter because there's more data in front of you so this 15 step process now becomes three well the average employee may not understanding no longer has to track these transactions they're already done for them now he uses them to make a different decision all right so it's a it's a real change management aspect and you need to be able to recognize where your organization can do it or not that's why Some of these larger organizations are taking so long. And you heard me say earlier, it's a 12-month cycle that organizations are looking at. Very large enterprises can't do that. That's why they take them in steps. So you really need to step back and figure out what's the size, where are we at in this maturity, what are we doing from a strategic viewpoint for our organization, and then how does the technology underpinning help bring that up to that next level to meet the performance recommendations?
1: Okay. So then as we look at that investment, we look at things that have been done historically as we start to to make the decisions where where we want to put our investment looking forward as well. So are there any potential downsides to overinvesting in one area, just letting another go? Uh, Looking at Southwest as an example, we saw how they, uh, shall we say, failed over the holidays uh, with with all the travel issues. And Southwest has always been a really interesting case because historically, they're talked about for their customer experience, for how great they are, how happy the flight attendants are. Everybody always has a great experience. Oh, yeah, Southwest, want to get away. All of that great stuff. But then that all fell apart over the holidays, because of their lack of investment in the back end, in the the pilot systems, in everything that they have to really keep the organization running. So if you invest too heavily in one area to the detriment of another, is that something that organizations beyond Southwest need to look out for? What can we learn from Southwest? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and it's not to minimize the question you asked me originally, because (laughs) I totally agree with you it goes back to the point i made earlier you know every system has an impact on your customer the customer journey is connected um from the original touch point to checking up on something to making another phone call because something doesn't going right and you want it corrected right away we've all been there in everything that we do and southwest is a perfect example of it all right but when you really step back and look at it if your systems can't support the infrastructure of where you are trying to go as a business you're not going to make it. You're going to fall in these areas, and it's a perfect example. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, they're, they're reaping the, the sad benefits of it. They have to flip everything out. Now they have to reinvest. The question is, can they catch up? How much market share are they going to lose in this? And I,
1: I saw that they, they're looking at investing over a billion dollars into their, their IT infrastructure. Is that too little too late for them?
0: Know if it's too little, too late, but I do think it puts them behind the curve where they want to be. So the next question is how are they going to catch up? Yeah. And what's the cost of catch up? And I don't mean the red catch up, right? Right. Of catching up to the next step, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so then you've also got the the impact, which has been their focus, which is their customer experience. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, I saw recently, they've started having their twenty nine dollar want to get away fares again, which is something that we haven't seen in over twenty years for for those types of fares. Is that going to be enough to be able to win people back? Or when you, as an organization, Leave such a bad taste in somebody's mouth with the uh, the horrible customer experience that all of those Southwest passengers had over the holidays. Is that enough to be able to to regain it, or what? What are your thoughts on that? There's two
0: trains of thought there, right? The one is that those that were impacted by the Southwest issues probably are going to be really reluctant to go on that, right? <laughs> But those that haven't traveled and coming out of this pandemic that want something different to do, they're probably going to go for it, which is a good thing for Southwest. Right. That'll give them the time that they need to buy themselves to start building up this infrastructure and getting them to the next level. But again, it's change management. You, can't, you can just put in a new system, but you can't train everybody on it. It doesn't all work cohesively. We all know that. There's trial, there's error, there's things you redo. You know, There's something else you have to relook at. So you know, it's not going to be an easy win for them. But hey, more power to them, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's it's a great example of organizational resilience. So a business needs to be able to invest in the technology, Mm -hmm. in the process, in the people, everything with that. And so Southwest is a good case. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out on have they built up enough goodwill over time. To be able to say to people, once we've completed this investment, you can trust us again. You know, we are still the the friendly airline, or whatever their their tagline, their tagline is, because yeah. I think United is the friendly sky. So go. I don't think there that's you. Southwest. Um, but yeah, so so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe we'll get together in a couple of years and and kind of do a post mortem on Southwest. Yeah. See how infrastructure well they're doing. On it. Yeah. Who purchased them? Who purchased <laughs> yeah. the planes, right? Yeah. 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 So is there anything else that you, that you want to leave people with uh, for business resilience, for succeeding um, during tough times? So we looked at kind of what it looks like during tough times, setting up for success and that Southwest example of how things can go very wrong. Anything else, any parting thoughts on business resilience for us?
0: I think there's a couple things you just have to keep in mind as much as you want to change and we are in this digital world and I know everybody's tired of hearing about digital transformation. I want you to think of the world as a digital business world right now, right? There's a hybrid factor of on-prem to, to cloud. Um, there's the, the other side of it of brick and mortar versus everything being digital. But at the end of the day, we are a digital business world. And we have to recognize to get there, it's not going to be an easy journey. Some companies have a huge avenue that they have to go after. Others have a very small portion that they need to do. So as you start to look at it, don't always look just at the investment, but look at the trade-off you're going to get by getting rid of your technical debt or no debt that you have right now by... also bringing your employees up to that next level and getting them to the next area. I think those are some really good points. And remember, it's all about real-time information and using that to run your business. It's not about batch processing and trying to pick up something that's a few days old.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Mickey. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the business side of things, you know, but you, you have your own enjoyments outside of talking about people, process, technology, digital transformation. So what are some things you like to do for fun, Mickey?
0: What do I like to do for fun? Uh, hike with my dogs and my husband, uh, garden. Um, I used to fly small aircraft, but in light of COVID, I haven't done that in a while. So, you know, <laughs> read, you know, nice. looking for new things to do and also play tennis
1: okay yeah. so what's what's one of your favorite hikes that you've done lately
0: i would probably have been before i came down to florida in north carolina up in the blue ridge mountains
1: nice so, yeah well that's yeah. awesome Taking a trip. cool yeah. well thank you mickey thank you i appreciate thanks. it thanks yeah and so this has been another inspiration for you podcast i'm bryce wolf with unit four thank you